0: Economics of Ice and Fire 2, The Lannister's Subprime Lending, written and read by Matthew Iglesias. I've heard two main objections to my argument that House Tyrell is in fact wealthier than House Lannister. One is that I'm neglecting the commercial wealth of Lannisport. That's true, but Lannisport is smaller than King's Landing or Old Town, and Old Town is in, you guessed it, the Reach. Later we'll explain why it's no surprise that the agriculturally oriented Reach supports a larger city. But for now, let's think about the other objection, namely that alongside its gold mines, House Lannister possesses valuable assets in the form of debts incurred by the Iron Throne. This is sort of the fantasy equivalent of arguing that Cyprus's banks were in great shape despite their enormous leverage because they owned lots of Greek government bonds. The Iron Throne, as it exists at the end of King Robert Baratheon's reign, is plainly insolvent. The debts may have some value as part of Tywin Lannister's larger political strategy, but economically they're worthless. You can tell this in part because Robert's debts aren't part of some kind of countercyclical stabilization strategy. It's an agricultural economy governed by a real business cycle. And he's not going into debt to finance productive investments. He's not improving Westeros' infrastructure. He's not strengthening the wall. He's throwing feasts and tourneys. If he doesn't have the money he needs today, then he's not going to have the money he needs tomorrow. That means he's not going to have the money to pay Taiwan back. Making things worse, winter is coming. The Iron Throne needs to be saving during the fall to deal with the huge negative shock to income that's coming during the winter. And last but by no means least, Robert also owes money to the Iron Bank of Bravos, so any Lannister effort to recoup even a part of what's owed to them is going to have to contend with the competing claims of the Iron Bank. All this gives us one way to understand the Lannisters' zeal for power in King's Landing. In effect, Tywin is attempting to execute a kind of debt-for-equity swap, since his debts aren't actually recoverable. But that simply underscores the extent to which the loans to the Iron Throne are, in and of themselves, worthless as financial assets. And my view is that this is no accident. Tywin is nominally disgusted by the quote-unquote weakness his father Tytos displayed by failing to collect money owed to him by other noble houses. But in practice, Tywin has behaved the exact same way. The reason is that, as discussed previously, the notional gold wealth of the Lannisters is impossible to mobilize on a mass scale without sparking inflation. The best thing you can do with it is spend it in the form of non-recoverable loans to other prominent families in order to obtain goodwill. It's a reasonable strategy given the fundamentals of the situation. But as we'll see later, it's a strategy for the warm years it's going to be hard to maintain come wintertime.